after four o'clock. How are you? Jason Greger, Connor Halley. We're doing awesome. Matt came in at 4600 and Ramona is back in at $5,000. All right. Uh, we're still not at face value, but we're only halfway through the show. I love it. Uh, it's month of giving. All of the proceeds today are going to help out the Christmas Bureau, which is a fantastic charity in town. And, uh, man, they have more demand than ever. So here's the great part. We're auctioning off something today that you need now and probably going to need for the next 15, 20 years for sure, especially in this climate. Get a brand new furnace or a brand new AC unit. Either one, thanks to Legacy Heating and Cooling. They donate. They come. They do all the installation. They'll take out your old furnace. It's a a Goodman high-efficiency furnace. The AC unit, in case you're wondering, is a a Goodman uh, 14.3 SEER 2 air conditioner with evaporator coil, the coil brackets, everything involved. All the permits and inspection fees are included. The uh, the thermostats as well for both units. You're getting everything, baby. And uh, currently, Ramona has it a great deal at $5,000. So if you want in, you can text in 833-401-1440. Or call Connor, same number, 833-401-1440. It is The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. And uh, now we are going to get to the uh, footy report. Fittingly enough, brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling, baby. Home of the no payments, no interest for one year on your furnace. The snow is here. You know it's getting colder. Stay warm all winter. Plan ahead. LegacyHeating.ca. As uh, Andy Petrillo from uh, CBC and uh, One Soccer joins us uh, once again. Andy, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Andy, have you ever had spontaneous bangs? I'm talking <laughs> like about... I, my just hair? Like, yes, I, I just, yeah. As I said that question, I'm like, I'm talking about your hair. We were just having a conversation. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm, I said, pardon? Um... <laughs> Woo, that could have been a very awkward uh, conversation uh, yeah. and admission. Yeah, yeah. You know, I had, uh, other than when I was a little girl and my mother was in complete control of my <laughs> hairstyles, I did in my 20s rock some bangs and I had really dark hair at the time, like almost to the point where I was dyeing my hair black with my bangs. All right. And I had like this really cool kind of Greek Egyptian look going. <laughs> so uh, I felt I felt very exotic when I had that okay. look going, but yeah, you- I did. I had bags, but they are, they're too much work. Oh, Jason, too ba- much work. You're going to go like every two, three weeks and trim them up so they don't poke you in the eye. And uh, so, yeah, uh, people don't realize bangs are a lot of work. Uh, mm-hmm. What about, uh, mm-hmm. you ever have a bob? You ever have like the little uh, short bob haircut? I wish you had prepped me for this because I have a photo from my communion, which is in like the category of blackmail. So yes, I had a disgusting bob. Oh well, yeah. I hey, also you know had what? like oh yeah. Send it to bob. us. We'll put it up. Yeah. Why don't you tweet it to me? And we'll reach for all of our listeners. They can see it's it later. Before my braces, Jason. Oh, yeah. I have so you had summer teeth in between the teeth. Oh, summer teeth, <laughs> summer hair, summer there. Unbelievable. Hey, we've all been oh, there. That's good. I like it. Well, uh, hey, uh, you know, because we are trying to find the equivalent. Of, and the reason we'll get to soccer in a second, but we're trying to find the equivalent mm. of, you know, for men that, you know, there's the call to sack, you know, the stooping, whatever. I got to grow it out because I'm an idiot and I lost the bet. So now I'm growing out my hair and it looks uh, terrible. And uh, so we we're just oh, wondering, like, what's okay. the equivalent to a woman's like bad hair? And we were like, bangs. We kind of came down with bangs. There's a lot of bangs are just a bad look. Well, that's the thing, because a lot of people think bangs are easy. Literally, you just, you know, I mean, for people, I don't know if you're, like they're watching, but you think you can just go like this and cut right across. No, you can't. No, you can't. 
because then your hair starts to stick around and separate like this. They still need to be professionally done. Uh, so there could be some really ugly bangs out there mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I'm trying to think you're going to make me think right now. But to me, the bowl cut, I think whether you're a man or a woman, <laughs> the bowl cut, which is kind of close to the bob. is yeah. just Yeah. Well, the bob. That, was, that's the dumb and dumber. right? Yes. Like that's the dumb and dumber do. I, I would agree. I think the bob is a very tough look for lots of women to try to pull off and. I don't think most do. Yeah. All right. I think the yeah. Bob's no, unless probably... you're like a four year old. No, you can't. <laughs> yeah, that's totally fair. <laughs> um, so now we'll get to some. Sorry, you had a big one on one interview with uh, with Christine Sinclair, of course, the greatest uh, soccer player uh, Canada's ever seen. Uh, definitely the most uh, productive soccer player Canada's ever seen. And uh, you had Ryan Reynolds, and there's other lots of people saying goodbye. Mm-hmm. There's the big five uh, nothing victory in in her kind of swan song. Uh, you know, kind of. What did you make of in your sit down with Christine? Anything surprise you that you learned? Well, she, she's opening up definitely a lot more uh, near the end of her career. And in fact, last year when she came out with her book, her memoir, it was really also the first time where she's opened up about her parents. So I think to no one's surprise, she got very emotional about that. But, you know, it meant a lot. You know, her dad, she you know said he he. He was able to watch the 2016 Rio Olympics and then shortly afterwards passed away. And same with her mom. She was able, after years and years and years of battling MS, watched her win gold at the Olympics and then passed away. So she talked a lot about, you know, how what she does is is for them and how she grew up poor. And they gave her and her brother so much. So there's definitely that heartfelt and that emotional and human side of her that we don't really see a lot of because, you know, she doesn't do a lot of media, hasn't done a lot of media in her career, and most definitely has not opened up about her personal life. So the fact that she's opening up a little bit more, um, expressing her love for her nieces, who she just, you know, cares so much about and so uh, it's so important to her to be a role model to them. Um, So, you know, she went on to that. She paid homage to the women who came before, Charmaine Hooper, you know, Andrea Neal, uh, Silvana Bertini, you know, women who were playing this sport before anybody ever really thought it was cool. And so she felt like it was on their shoulders that they won that gold. I asked her near the end. So this is somebody, and I asked, I actually asked it as a joke, Jason, because she doesn't like doing media. She hates the spotlight. So near the end of the interview, I kind of wanted to end a little bit on a ha ha note. And I said, all right, you know, what are you going to do next? And, you know, maybe get into coaching or maybe this, maybe I said, do you want to get into broadcasting? I have a seat available for you right beside me. And she went, maybe I haven't closed the doors on that. And I nearly choked on my tongue because I'm like, that was, that was meant as a joke. Like you were supposed to tell me to take a hike. And she's like, I'm leaving all my doors open. She goes, I'm actually kind of finding all this a little bit fascinating. So I thought, you know, Christine Sinclair, the, uh, the analyst, wouldn't that be interesting? I mean, whoever thought Wayne Gretzky would be doing analysis of the hockey world. And I thought, okay. Doors open for Christine Sinclair. Yeah, it'll be uh, it would be interesting to see. Obviously, it would probably help with it with their new upstart league. You know, if you have the greatest uh, uh, name on board somehow involved in it, uh, it would definitely, I think, uh, um, get people's interest. Uh, no question. Uh, what about the match itself? Uh, Five uh, nil victory over Australia. Uh, what do you take away from it, especially when Australia didn't have their uh, their full squad there? Yeah, and actually, just remind me one more thing in that uh, conversation. She said she would lend her voice, obviously continuing the fight for equality and making sure that women and young girls have the same access as young boys do. Um, But I did flat out ask her if she would play a year 
in the domestic league project date, yeah. you know, apparently they're still on target to launch 2025. She said, no. Okay. She flat out said that she is playing the one more year with Portland. And if she were to play after that, she still sees her home in Portland. She goes, I will lend my voice and support in any way I can for project eight. Uh, but I will not be playing that. Cause I asked her if she'd be playing on Canadian soil professionally. And she said, no. Okay. So we'll, uh, yeah. So there you go. There's the answer to that. Cause I always thought she would, at least for the first year, but um, she kind of uh, has given us our, our final answer on that thought. Uh, as far as the game, a little tough because of the uh, starting 11, uh, for the Australians who basically dismantled and thumped the Canadians in that final group stage game at last summer's World Cup and eliminated yeah. the Canadians from moving on. Ten of them were not in the starting 11 on Friday. So basically the entire team yeah. uh, who, who was dominant <laughs> over the uh, the Canadians did not start. So hard to judge, hard to really judge when your competition is not strong, when it's not like a stiff competition. But then I guess you could argue the Canadians did what they had to do with the competitors who were in front of them, and they thumped them 5-0. And I would say we were still able to learn that Nichelle Prince is back. And not only is she back, because she had that horrible Achilles injury. She was never fit for the World Cup, which was devastating. But she is back to the way she was. And it seems like she is the answer to that number nine position. Who's going to replace Christine Sinclair? Well, it seems like we got our answer. Mm. Nichelle Prince is very comfortable in that striker position. She's speedy. Uh, she's hungry for the ball. She hunts it down. So she's got a ton of energy, energy for days, and she has a nose for goal. So in that game, she got a brace. She scored the first two goals yeah. in that opening 45. So to me, I feel like the game at least answered that when it comes to Nichelle Prince. When it comes to the midfield, we saw younger players like Simia Wujo get her first goal for country. Looked very comfortable, especially with that attacking midfield. And we're seeing that Beth Priestman's not afraid to bring in some of those younger players, like a Latifa Abdu, who's called up for camp for the first time. She ended up getting substituted into the game. Um, so, you know, we're, we're seeing that Bev is really trying to play with her lineup. She seems to like three at the back. So we're getting a, an idea of her formation of what she likes to play with. Ashley Lawrence, it seems like she's going to be the answer on the right side as a wing back and, and bombing up the wing. Why not? She's been assisting on practically every single goal to move her, I think would be insane. So we're seeing a lot of that. As for Tuesday, Yes, you want stiffer competition. Hopefully the Aussies will field a stronger lineup. They're still in the process of qualifying for the Olympics, which they're in a great position to do. They have a home and away against Uzbekistan in February. If they don't win that, I'd be shocked. But but you could tell where their mind is at. Like they're obviously playing still in Olympic qualifiers, so they're saving their legs. But I hope they play stiffer competition. And I think we are going to see, we've been saying this now, we're going to see Christine Sinclair start. She's going to play a lot of the game. And then she's going to get that incredible standing ovation as she gets subbed off. When she gets subbed off, I couldn't tell you. Typically in this soccer tradition, it's usually around the 80th minute um, that they'll sub a player off when, when they know it's their final game and give them a huge round of applause. And everyone goes and hugs them and shakes their yeah. hand. The referee allows it you know, right. to take yeah. time. Um, so I think that's what, that's what we're going to see. Uh, because I think it's, A, it's wild if you don't start her. Uh, B, it's also just wild because they've literally named BC Place for one night, Christine yeah. Sinclair Place. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to, you got to have to start her. So I think there's going to be a lot of emotions, a lot of pomp and circumstance. They're going to have a, a pregame ceremony. So kickoff will probably go around 10, 20 p.m. ET. So I guess, you know, earlier on, um, on the West Coast. 
but it's going to be special. And I think for anybody out there who's listening right now, like whether you follow soccer or you don't, this is an incredible athlete. And when we have conversations about who's on your Mount Rushmore of athletes, a lot of people have Christine St. Clair because it's not, you know, obviously it can be very personal who made you feel what. Yeah. But as far as accomplishments, like she's up there. So a footy fan or not, like it's, I think it's going to be uh, some must-watch TV for sure. Andy Petrillo uh, joins us. So Andy, if, if you looked at it, if Christine Sinclair, like if you were putting together a roster for the Olympics right now today, is she good enough to be on that roster? Would she be on your team? Um, well, no. Okay. And I and I think that's why. Yeah. I think that's why this, this decision has been made. I think she saw the writing on the wall as well a little bit with the direction Bev Priestman was moving and wanting to bring in. Uh, younger players, but also just at the end of, I mean, could she come off the bench? 100%. Um, but I think Bev is looking for dynamic players right from the get-go. So again, like I said, Michelle Prince has taken up that number nine. Well, behind Michelle Prince, you can stick a Jordan Heidema. You can stick an Adriana Leon. Like there just seem to be all these other speedier options that can go on in. Um, do they have the kind of nose for goal that Christine Sinclair had? I would say Michelle Prince does. Maybe the other one's a little bit more work needs to be put into that. But we all say this, right? Father Time is undefeated, and she just was a little step behind. It was really noticeable, I think, at the Olympics. And uh, then most definitely, I think, at the World Cup. So, you know, she's seen the writing on the wall. And and I think that's why, no, I, I, I don't think so. And I think she also recognizes she also needed to do what was best for the team. And she's like, I'm not going to take up a roster spot just to be a maybe on the bench. Like, give it to people who are who are, you know, going to go out there and give it their all to defend that gold. Awesome stuff, Andy. Uh, great to catch up with you. And, uh, you know, we'll be watching that game and then uh, getting uh, inching closer. I saw they're, all, they're already promoting the uh, the Seoul Olympics uh, coming up, of course, uh, the Canadian team, and we'll see the final cuts and the final roster and everything. Uh, uh, probably, yeah. like, when when does that final roster need to be announced? Is there a, a specific- oh. It's like anything, Jason, like any team. Usually it's it's a month, sometimes even yeah. a few weeks before, right? So, I mean, Bev will have time. She'll have, like, the Gold Cup in February. They'll have, like, another international window um, as well, I think, in June, July. Um, and then, like, a few weeks before, I think the Olympics themselves start July 26th. So we won't know till next summer, and that's, like, kind of the case with almost every uh, NSO, National Sporting Organization. So there's time for also the younger players to really – prove that they belong on the team right so there's 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 definitely time for that awesome thanks so much for this andy we appreciate your time okay next week i'll have that photo for you oh yeah we'll be waiting i can't wait uh, that is uh, andy <laughs> petrillo uh, joining us from uh, cbc sports and one soccer for 18 jason gregor connor halley with you all right we'll update you on the month of giving when we return uh, we'll get more from the uh, orders locker room on the jason gregor show on Sports 1440 and Orders Nation YouTube. 422, welcome back. Jason Greger, Connor Halley. Sports 1440, Orders Nation uh, YouTube. Uh, the Greger Show, as always, is presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Alberta's only regulated online gambling website. So get in the game, have some fun, stay within your limits, use your game sense at gamesense.ab.ca. 
A, uh, Oilers are off until Wednesday. Practice day. Leon Dreisaitl didn't skate, but uh, they'll be back on the ice tomorrow. Uh, just a maintenance day for him. And then they will take on the Carolina Hurricanes. who are in Winnipeg tonight. And uh, around the sporting world, lots of NHL games. But, man, uh, all eyes are going on in uh, baseball winter meetings, uh, signings, and uh, arguably the biggest free agent name in MLB history. Because we've never seen a player like this before. Let's be honest. There has not been a player like this in modern sports. And, and I would even argue when you look at the, the short time that Babe Ruth did it, I don't think it compares even to what uh, Shohei Otani has done in his uh, brief career thus far in the major leagues of baseball. As we get to our big guest of the day, brought to you by Silent Rides Sports and Entertainment. Silent Rides, uh, they have the high-end coaches that you need to take you or your team safely to your next destination book your ride at silentrides.ca and our, our next guest I, i'm sure like everybody else uh, trying to find out what are the chances what are the odds that shohei otani signs with the toronto blue jays uh mike wilner uh joined us a long time uh beat reporter for the uh, Toronto Blue Jays, of course, uh, with the star right now. And Mike, it's, uh, you know, it's a fascinating storyline. No question. It's intriguing. It, it has lots of people, uh, wondering where he's going to go. Toronto, the Dodgers. I'm seeing the Braves are maybe still in. I don't know. Some people, everybody's reporting different stories. Oh, he's already made up his mind. He's just trying to get the most money he can get. And I'm like, I don't know if I really believe that. I think at this point, uh, you know, people probably know what the offers are and they're all a ridiculous amount. Well, I think um, right now nobody really knows anything. Yeah, I, you know, it's, it, this has been like you said, this is um, the biggest free agent in Major League Baseball history. Uh, I agree with everything you said about you know he's the greatest player in the, in the history of the sport. Uh, the difference between him and Babe Ruth is uh, it's incredible. Babe Ruth never did the things. Uh, that Shohei Otani is doing. Ruth was generally either a pitcher or a hitter. He never did both anywhere close to full-time. But the biggest thing about this whole pursuit is that Shohei Otani and his people have said, no leaks. Nobody says anything to anybody or, you know, we're going to sign somewhere else. And people have taken that very, very seriously. So the only way we know about stuff is when we know about teams that have started to look elsewhere, right? Boston, Texas have sort of pulled out of the Otani sweepstakes and they've turned their attention elsewhere. Um, But as far as everyone believes, uh, the finalists are the Dodgers, Angels, Blue Jays, Cubs, Giants. Maybe there is a chance that Atlanta is in there. And anything else is just complete and utter speculation. Yeah. Now, he's not going to pitch this following season, Mike. But, uh, you know, plans on wanting to pitch again in the future. And clearly teams don't care, right? Uh, Like, there's no way he signs a short-term deal here, is there, you think? I think he could sign a deal with a bunch of opt-outs, with an opt-out after two years, with an opt-out after three, after five, after seven. Um, There's certainly the chance that that happens. But I I do think that the deal is going to be 10, 12, 14 years, something like that. 
Hmm. Wow. And, and, and huge money. Now, the interesting people will look at the money and say, well, how they make it back? Well, because your organization will now have a guy who you go to like in Japan and he's massive international. Right. Like this is I can see why teams are willing to to, in a sense, even overpay based on what he does on the field. As good as he is, he's only one player, but it's what he can do from the marketing of your organization. Correct. Thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like, whoever signs him, you're going to see ads in Japanese on the outfield walls and behind home plate and all of that stuff. It's it's a, a huge marketing boon. And especially in Toronto and across Canada, um, it would be it would be massive. I don't know that it would pay for itself, but the addition uh, of marketing revenue that you're getting just by having Shohei Otani certainly cuts into any sort of offer for the money that you're going to give him. And it, uh, I mean, it, it's it's such a no brainer to bring this guy in and to become like for the Blue Jays, their Canada's team. They would also become Japan's team. Yeah, no, no question about it. Uh, Mike Wilner joins us. So, Mike, when you look at it, there's also the Juan Soto rumors. And I would think as a GM, you can't just put all your eggs in one basket because you don't get them. You're like, well, geez, maybe we miss on, on something else. You mentioned some teams have, have said, hey, you know what? We don't think this is for us, so we're going in other directions. Where do you think the Jays are? I think it's okay to have, like, your hand in, in kind of two baskets at one time and kind of waiting to see. But, like, there's no way they would get Otani and Soto, would they? I wouldn't say no way. I, I would say it's it's unlikely, but I'd do it. I mean, you know, Tony costs you money and Soto costs you prospects. One does not get in the way of the other. Soto's your left fielder. Otani's your DH. There's no there are there are openings in both spots for the Blue Jays. The only uh, issue is money, and yeah, it's gonna it's gonna cost you a lot of money. The two of them together would be, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of seventy five to eighty million dollars for this season. But there are workarounds for that as well. I mean, if oh, you know, if you're signing Otani long term, you can backload it and give him five million dollars this year and seventy next year if that's the way it works, so that you can get Soto's thirty-three in there for this year. I, I mean, it's going to take a lot of creativity and it's going to take um, willingness from ownership to spend. But I do think that that you can get both and. I mean, I don't think it's likely by any means, and the likeliest thing is that they get neither. But it doesn't – maybe it may enhance your chances of signing Otani by getting Soto, but on the other hand, you're only getting Soto for one year, so I don't know that if that enhances your chances of bringing in Otani for 12. Right. Yeah, that's totally fair. Mike Wilner joined us. Uh, Mike, now it, let's just um, say if there's a Soto trade to be made here – um, is Alex Manoa the obvious centerpiece of the deal? It's either Alex Manoa or Ricky Tiedemann. One of them is is the obvious centerpiece of the deal. Yeah, and um, look, I mean, I I would be reluctant to part with Ricky Tiedemann. He seems like he's a very very special arm that's going to be uh, really good, and he's so young and has been so successful so young. But, you know, three years ago, we would have said the same things about Nate Pearson. And Nate Pearson has no value now because pitching prospects break all the time and fail all the time. And mm-hmm. Tiedemann has been injured already. And yeah. Alec Manoa went from 
finishing third in Cy Young voting in 2022 to be one of the worst pitchers in Major League Baseball in 2023. Yeah, uh, Juan Soto is the best young hitter in the game. So you know you have to you have to figure out exactly um, you know what you have. Nobody knows what the future holds, but we do know what Soto's track record is, and it's incredible. It's just a big price for one year of the guy. Yeah, that's fair, right? Now, and you think if he got him one year, there'd be no chance of resigning him? Not before he hits free agency. I mean, Scott Boris clients almost always go to free agency, so yeah, um, you'd have a year to sort of sell him on the city, sell him on the country, sell him on the vibe, on the the renovations. Which you know, from a player's perspective, the renovations to the ballpark are going to be absolutely incredible. Um, sell them on the fact that you have the best spring training facility in the major leagues and you probably have the best uh, facility in the major leagues uh, behind the scenes as far as the players are concerned. And maybe that gives you a leg up, but there are certainly no guarantees. Mike Willner joins us uh, talking all things uh, MLB. Um, any other uh, any other snippets, any other storylines that you're watching regarding the Blue Jays? So let's say they don't get Otani or Soto. What what like what are some obvious positions that they got to go out and, and fill? Like obviously they got to replace Chapman, I would assume. Got to replace Chapman. You got to replace Belt. You got to replace Kiermaier, um, and you kind of have to replace Whit Merrifield too. So the Blue Jays, you know, if they don't get Soto and they don't get Otani, it, it requires a real shift and uh, real creativity because. What's out there on the free agent market beyond Soto is is not terribly attractive. Uh, Cody Bellinger and Jamer Candelario are the two best hitters, and they were both awful in 2022. And so it's really a case of you don't know what you're getting from them. So I, I really think it's the trade market, and um, it requires a great deal of creativity to do it. Um, and we'll see. I mean, we know San Diego's cutting costs, so maybe you, if you don't get Soto, you've had discussions, you know what they like. You take a look at a Jake Cronenworth to play second base for you, maybe. Uh, maybe you, you're looking at uh, Houston if they want to deal Alex Bregman, which they might be inclined to do. Um, it's it's going to have to be names that aren't readily seen as out there and available that you have to get to improve on your ball club because the window's closing. There's only two years left of Vlad and Bo, and it's, uh, it, it is incumbent upon this team to take advantage of, of them while you've got them. Mike, one last one. You mentioned like you know Belt and and Kiermaier and, and Whitfield. Like those guys, some of those guys had really productive seasons. Like, are they all just looking to cash in big time, and that's why the Jays don't want to sign them? Or why is there a reason none of them are coming back? Well, I think that Kiermaier really wants to play on natural grass. Okay. And he understands as well that Varsho, Dalton Varsho is here and was brought here to be the center fielder long-term, and, and he's a phenomenal defender. Um, but I think ultimately for Kiermaier, it's about playing on natural grass for the first time in his life and maybe saving the wear and tear on his body a little bit. Okay. Um, Brandon Belt didn't lead the Blue Jays in OPS last year, but – he was up and down yes. offensively, and he was hurt a lot. And he's 36, and yeah. you know it might be possible that he um, winds up retiring rather than playing another mm. season. But I don't know, you know, how much faith you can have in him being able to do that again. Um, Merrifield, 
I feel like for the amount of money he's going to get at his age, um, I'm very happy with a David Schneider, Kevin Biggio yeah. platoon at second base if it comes to that. So I'm not that worried about about Whit Merrifield not coming back. Yeah, well, I definitely thought the age for Belt and, and Merrifield played into it a little bit. Um, Kiermaier, I guess if you want to play natural gas, there's not much you can uh, argue about that. Lastly, uh, any pitchers on the market that intrigue you? Um, I mean, Yamamoto, who's been posted from Japan, is uh, incredibly intriguing and really, really exciting. Um, but he's also going to be really expensive. But, I mean, the Blue Jays, you know, we just talked about all these offensive holes that they're going to have. We're talking about half the lineup that's changing over. The the pitching staff's in fantastic shape. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't believe that it's going to be able to stay as healthy as this past season where they had four guys make 30 starts each. But at the same time, it's really hard to entice um, a top free agent starting pitcher to say, hey, come and compete for the fifth spot on this team, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's going to be hard to bring them over. I think that they'll have to uh, they'll have to do better than just seventh and eighth starter types. Um, but the, the real urgency for the team is to bring in some bats. Mike, awesome stuff, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the next few days. It's uh, it's going to be uh, highly anticipating to see uh, where Shohei Otani ultimately signs. Uh, if you had to guess today, where do you think he goes? I mean, it still feels like the Dodgers are the most likely, but, you know, let's, let's get away from the Pacific time zone. Let a few more people come and see you, get a whole country behind you. It, it does really make a lot of sense for, for him to come to Toronto. I... Uh, it's hard to imagine it would actually happen, though the Jays have been playing at the top of the free agent market for the last four off seasons. But it would, uh, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. Mike, awesome stuff, man. We appreciate it. All right, thanks. That is uh, Mike Wilner, longtime uh, beat reporter. Uh, also, he used to do uh, all the Jays uh, used to do uh, radio, play by play analyst as well. So, uh, will they get Otani? It seems unlikely, but whew, could you imagine? Like that would be massive. For the organ, I don't think people understand the global reach that he would have. And like hockey, just doesn't. There's nobody in hockey that offers that. Nobody. That's what Shohei Otani offers, Connor. It would be be a game changer. You know, now the Dodgers, you can say, hey, whatever. But the Jays being the only Canadian market, like God, it would. There's just. It'd be a little extra special for them if they can get him. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the rumors that go around, the, the harmless rumors. Like, oh, he was a big fan of Kikuchi growing up. He was his, his idol. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, other buddies. But I'll ask you this, and the people listening as well. Would he be the biggest free agent to come to Canada? I'm talking all sports. Well, who would be bigger? I got nothing. I'm trying to think. Like, honestly, put it out to t- Like, you think about the biggest free agent signing to come to Canada. Now, Kawhi wasn't a free agent signing. It was a trade. Now, when you look at the NHL, like John Tavares, God love him, but no. Right? The Canadians, can't think of one. The Orders uh, free agent signings, no. Yeah. I think, I think, I, I don't know if there's even a question. Like, I'm trying to think, you know, the Jays had some good players, David Price, but no. David Cohn. Roger Clemens back in the day. That might be the biggest one, honestly. 
Like the Rocket, uh, yeah, you know, love him or hate him for, you know, however he was, but roids, all that stuff. But, man, that guy could pitch. It was a big name. So it's a good question. It's 437. We'll come back. We'll update you on month of giving. We've had a really good run. We want to pump it up. We always like to get to face value. That's always our goal is to get to face value because it's helping out. The Christmas Bureau will tell you what it is next. On The Gregor Show, Sports 1440, Oilers Nation YouTube. Uh, you can always text us in our Jiffy Lube inbox, 833-401-1440. Be wise, winterize, no appointment necessary. Right now at JiffyLubeService.ca. Got a lot of texts. Wanna, hey, guys, what about Gretzky? Well, Gretzky was technically a trade. So, um, no, but... If it we're just talking acquisition, then yes, the great one would be, uh, he would be right up there. There's uh, there's no doubt about that for sure. All right, so it is the month of giving, and uh, we have an awesome package that uh, right now is, uh, hey, it's a great bid, but we always like to get to face value. And uh, currently, Ramona has it at $5,000, and it's her choice. She will get either a brand new high-efficiency furnace, it's a Goodman furnace from uh, Legacy Indian Cooling, or... She will uh, pick the uh, Goodman 14.3 sear air conditioner with evaporated coil, everything. Now, both of them come with all the permits and inspection fees, the uh, thermostats necessary. Uh, in case of the furnace, they'll remove and dispose of your old one. The uh, UV light coil purifier with the AC unit. And then uh, 10-year parts and labor for both. Lifetime heat exchanger uh, warranty on the furnace. And uh, a 10-year compressor warranty for the AC unit. So... Uh, right now at 5000 you can text in your bid, 833-401-1440. I always like to get face value. We always do. Everybody waits and come in late. That's great. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, we'll take it. But if you want in, 833-401-1440 is the, uh, is the text number. All right. Now, uh, your last chance. You only have two days left. To get in on the Black Friday savings at the Brick, $1,500 off uh, sectionals, uh, 25% off bedroom and dining furniture at the Brick. And also a special we welcome in, just fresh off of filming, just in time for five questions. Our regular uh, Monday co-host, uh, Terry Ryan, author, uh, eighth overall pick in the 1995 NHL draft, uh, NHL player. And now, of course, uh, starring on Shorzy as Hitch. TR, how are you, man? Not bad. It was a long, long, we just had a long scene, really, really funny too. So um, it takes a lot out of you, but it was all right. I'm not complaining. It's just, it's been a long day. All right. Well, uh, you're here just in time. Are you wearing a bathrobe? No. Oh, oh okay. I thought you were wearing a bathrobe. I was like, that's all right. It's very no, relaxed. Uh, very relaxed. That's good. Okay. Let's, uh, let's get to five questions, Con. It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger Show. All right, guys, question number one. Uh, right now, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreis, that a little bit high into the Oilers' scoring race. I'm talking goals. I assume they're going to get back to 1-2. Maybe you disagree. But when it's all said and done, who's going to finish third through fifth for the Oilers in goals scored this season? Third through fifth. Wait, I had, um, yeah, yeah. I got Hyman, Kane, and uh, Nugent Hopkins. In that order? Yeah, in that order. I, I called uh, two years ago. I I had what was then a hot take saying that Hyman was going to get 40. So I, I could have done it. I nearly did it last year. And I see nothing. I see no reason to take back what I said. And if he's going to do that, I think he's going to come third in goals on the team. 
I am going to, uh, I'll go Kane third, Hyman fourth, and Evan Bouchard fifth. I like it. Uh, question number two, obviously the NHL Board of Governors meetings uh, going on and uh, the topic of the Olympics inevitably going to be brought up. So do you think we'll see NHLers playing in Italy in 2026? If we don't, it was an unmitigated fail by the NHL and the P and everybody negotiating. Like, I- I'm sorry, you got to get it done. The players really wanted to go. I-, I expect it to happen. Yeah, I... <laughs> Gregor knows all about the ins and outs of all these meetings and everything. I'm not really sure about that, but it seems to me there's a lot of public pressure and from the players. And I mean, on side of that, let's like, I really, really hope for many reasons as we all do, but I mean, you're looking right at it in Edmonton, Connor McDavid, wouldn't have been nice to see with, see him play with some great players that are about to retire. That might be Canadian. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but I'm just I'm not I'm saying nothing that hasn't been said before. I just think for all those reasons there's a lot of pressure and the powers that be will make it happen. Question number three. In a hypothetical world where the Jays land Otani and Soto, are they immediately World Series favorites? I don't know what the stats are on this, but Every year I find baseball is such a funny sport from the very beginning of the year, and then you go through your 162 games and the playoffs and pitchers get hurt and fortunes change. And I've heard this song and dance before with the Blue Jays and a lot of other teams that are rated first going in. So I would think they're one of the favorites, but I still don't think that two players like that can can make one team be the hands-on favorite in, in the sport of baseball. I think they'll be real good, and again, it's the Jays, but... No, and that's not going to happen anyway, but no. I'll say this. They would be the betting favorite only because they know that they'd have so many fans around that would want to bet on them to win. So uh, that's why they would be the uh, the betting favorite for sure. Question number four. We'll go to the college football world, and the playoffs were announced. Final four will be Michigan taking on Alabama, and number two, Washington up against the number three, Texas Longhorns, leaving out the undefeated Florida State Seminoles. Did the committee get it right? Well, it's interesting. I was reading lots about it. And so Florida had the 55th, Connor, toughest schedule, they said. So now they won all their games, though. And so I'm like, geez, since when did you punish a team that won all their games? Now, there were their games supposedly against lesser opposition. Okay. Well, that doesn't guarantee you win. Um, So, you know what? I I can see the arguments to it. I'll be honest. I never followed it close enough. I saw some people saying, man, Georgia could have been in there as well. So um, if if you base it solely on record, then probably not. But then obviously they did their due diligence. They looked a little deeper. So I don't know. The good news is this will be the last year you have to worry about it. So I don't know how you guys do it, by the way. But on top of all the major sports and racing and the tennis and, and, and all of that, I'm not even counting soccer. God, we talk a lot of soccer and everything, as we should. I don't know how people have time to keep up with it. So I don't really know anything about college football. Um, I know nothing about college baseball, but I guess that's not the question. College football. But what I do know is I heard this being talked about today, and I followed it, and I, I read a few newspapers across the planet. And I believe Florida State, don't they have a major injury? Yes, quarterback. Yes, yes. there's a major injury. And when it comes to college sports, wasn't there a blowout last year or the year before? Yeah. From what I hear. So listening to the educated minds around the sport, it seems to me that it's unfortunate. 
But when it comes to college football, there's an agreement that, you know, we don't want that. And if the, one of the major players is out, on top of the other factors, you could make an argument for the teams that got in, right? It's a bit of a hairline thing. And not everybody plays each other. There's different circumstances. So I can totally see, given that it's college football, why the circumstances are what they are. And final question for you guys today. It is apparently National Sock Day. I know some people that are very serious about their sock game. Do you worry about yours? Me, not at all, as long as they're clean. And if you're going to see them, you know, I, I, I guess, you know, I've, I don't know. I white socks, blue jeans. I wouldn't do that. But, you know, I, but now, now and again, no. The answer is no. I don't care. If they're clean, I really don't care. Uh, I, I like my uh, sock game with suits now. I, uh, I like to, but I've always liked bright colors. And so I've loved that for, you know, when I was younger, your suits and their socks were supposed to kind of be matchy match. And that's out the window now. So you can have lots more personality and flair. And when we do Gregor's grads, I'll tell you, the one thing the grads get fired up the most about is when we outline, we could pick Sterling and them, they, we find all these funky different sock colors and they get to pick their own sock. Like we kind of lean in towards certain colors of suits, but they get to pick their own socks and the kids get fired up because nowadays there's really no rules anymore when it comes to suits uh, with socks. So I would say there, I kind of like it because you can add a little color and flair to it. And it's probably their reaction here the last decade has really kind of changed my view to be like, you know what? Should get fired up about some bright socks. I like it. How often are you wearing those suits? Uh, who, me? Well, I wear a suit probably, uh, you know, I don't know, 10 times a month. Wow. Okay. So that's a different sock. If I, if it was suits, totally different. But I thought about that. But, you know, I go to what, two weddings a year? The odd funeral? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't see the Shorzy guys. You guys, um, you know, guys aren't dressing up in suits very often. No, not the <laughs> Sudbury Blueberry Bulldogs way. So if I don't have reason to wear a suit, you're not going to even see my socks. So what's the difference? I'm going around with cowboy boots on 90% yeah, of the that's time. True. Flip flops in the summer. Yeah. You do like your cowboy boots. How many pairs I of cowboy them. boots do you have? At least a dozen. Oh, jeez. Might have to I take care of them, though, right? Yeah. Like, I got them from the 90s still. I wore them. It's funny. My first NHL game, I wore them. It was exhibition. <laughs> I had them on with it. With this gray tip-top suit, tip-top yeah, yeah. tailor with oh. snakeskin boots. I thought I looked awesome. I thought I looked great. <laughs> I guess Tri-City is one thing, right? And I went, and Lyle Odeline, no no kidding, he, after the first game, he like told me I had a great suit, and I didn't really even realize they were mocking me. He's like, oh, that, that looks cool. And the next game I came in, and there was a suit, like Hugo Boss, in my locker with the shoes and everything. And he said, don't ever come with what you wore. You're a Montreal Canadian. Be professional. That looks ridiculous. <laughs> I never wore that again. But I do. I always have, I keep my boots, and I rarely throw a pair out. I just get them re-sold. Oh, that is unbelievable. Tip-top tailor suit and snake skin cowboy boots. I thought I looked awesome. <laughs> yeah. And wait, and wait. You guys are right there. You guys are right there. Here's the boots. Oh, my God. That's the boot you wore in your first game? Yeah, look. they're. Uh, you can see they're way more worn than they uh, look. I don't wear them all the time, man. Salt and everything in the winter. I wear these. Now, these ones, right? I mean, I'm up here for a month. These ones, I go through a pair like this every year. Oh, yeah. I usually come to Alberta to get them, just a straight-up brown pair. But I got lots at home, and, you know, I, I just collect them. I really like them. I like the style. And they're easy to walk in. And you can wear them in snow, and it, like they're they're great. I mean, they're protective and they're warm. They're versatile. Eh? Plus, you know, hey, let's be honest. Eh? Now you're walking in like you're six three. 
Oh, 100%. Yeah, it really does a lot for me. I, I'm I'm between six foot and six one. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, did I? Re- well, it's not enough time here. But when Central Scouting came to the dressing room, I maybe um, me and Brent Ashcroft played on my team. Then we took weights and we taped them on the inside of our groins. If you look in my draft here, I think it says I'm six two two oh seven, and I was almost six one, about one eighty five. No, no joke. Yeah, and I couldn't believe they went with it. And it was like Terry Ryan, this big power forward, and the penalty minutes kind of justified that statement you know and it was like oh it's a big shot off the wing i mean it was okay it was more accurate and i didn't really i had a decent slap shot but it was no more powerful than anybody else's like as far as in close but i got a lot of goals so that just went with it all right six one two oh seven he's a power forward oh that is the NHL awesome. draft oh. that, that, that futures are determined and i'm sitting now i i had no problem playing like that big but yeah i never really when i hit pro i kind of went up i put on some weight i didn't really like it though to be honest with you i like being in the 190s oh yeah no i could see that 100 you just you feel a little heavier right you feel a little bit slower so it uh it makes uh it makes total sense yeah uh lyle odeline we're gonna have to get lyle odeline on the show one time man he is an he absolute is beauty he's got some of the greatest stories that guy is a funny dude and tough too listen oh. jason that game, the fight's on YouTube. It's my first game in the NHL, and I fight the exhibition, but it's like one of the last games, and it's in the Montreal Forum. It's sold out. I'm playing with Pierre Turgeon and Mark Recchi. I can't even, like, I, I can't even believe that this is happening. I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. i got to go in and splash my face with cold water everything else. And I fought. Now that Rex throws a puck out of the corner, it hits me and bounces in the net, man. I score. I can't believe it. I get a goal. And... um I grabbed Steve Leach. He was 32, free agent. I was 18, and I just kind of poked him. The boys told me before the game, Mike Keane, Lyle Odeline. Um, I asked them. There was someone, a Mark Lamb, who played in Edmonton and got cups. Um, Lamb seemed like he was 80 years old then. But anyway, they were great. And I said, who fights? And they're like, Steve Leach will definitely go. Yeah, and I wasn't that guy normally, man, to go up. But I was like, I'm in the Montreal Forum here. You know, I had to do something. I can't make myself score, but I can go out and fight someone who wants to go. And he was just, I kind of snipped him on his pad. Not hard on the front of his pads, and he turned around, he was coming. And we had a great fight, Steve Leach. You get, the last punch, I hit him with my palm because I, I think I broke my knuckles. I really hurt him. Boom, and he went down. And then after the game, Lyle took me back to Mark Lamb's place, me and Brad Brown. It was our first games played. And um, we went back, and we listened to Def Leppard and told stories for hours. I'll never forget it. And, and the next day, Lyle Odeline was the day I fought Tidomi. Lyle Odeline had the boss suit for me and I still have it at home. I don't wear it. I just got it for a souvenir in the basement. You know what? You've never, well, can you fit into it anymore? Oh yeah. No. I could, I couldn't for a long time. Now when I got, you know, ball hockey, I lose the weight quick and it tried the rest of the winter. I got to try to keep it off, but yeah, I'm around the same weight. All right. Uh, Terry Ryan with us on sports 1440 orders nation. YouTube. Uh, we'll come back uh, after Connor Halley sports 1440. Update, uh, we will also, I'm um, going to get to our month of giving and more. Sports 1440 update brought to you by BIE Engineering, specializing in all your residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs.